I want to preface this episode by saying that it was filmed weeks and maybe months before the world started talking about Roe versus Wade again. With that being said, this episode was never intended to be shared in light of the current overturning. It's a very sensitive time in the United States because at the time this episode airs, we are two days after the Supreme Court ruling. I hesitated to publish this episode because I worried that it lacked acknowledgement of current events and would unintentionally come off as aloof and disingenuous, but I figured it was important to share my guest's story, the message, and the tips she provides. This episode is about the transition of going from career woman to mom and all the bumps and hiccups along the way. Emily's story briefly touches on unexpected motherhood and what that looks like, so I wanted to be clear up front that this episode does not intend to highlight any views or opinions about abortion, pro-choice, or pro-life. I will say that I intend this episode to paint a clear picture for those of you who are not yet mothers on what it actually looks like to become one, the good, the bad, and the ugly from an ambitious woman who went through it all. I personally have never had the opportunity to fully ask a mom all my questions about the challenges of motherhood, so I know this conversation will be useful to you if you are in a similar boat as me. Coming out of this, my hope is that you understand more fully what the transition into motherhood is like and how you can better prepare yourself when the time comes. So without further ado, let's jump in. This is Grow To Be Free, a self-development podcast that helps ambitious ladies pursue their dreams while finding peace, happiness, and maintaining a thriving mental health. My name is Kiani, and I burnt myself out at age 22. I didn't know my purpose, I hated my job, I thought money was the answer to all my problems, and girl, was I sad. I fought through anxiety and depression by working on myself non-stop. Now, I can honestly say that I am happy, I find peace every single day, and I'm on a journey to discover my best life. Join me as I sit with other ambitious gals who have learned to unlock this new level of life. Think of us as the girlfriends that actually grow with you. We'll share all the tangible tips to help you transform your mindset, mental health, relationships, faith, and finances. Plug in your headphones, get ready to jot down some notes, and let yourself be inspired. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Grow To Be Free podcast. I am here with Miss Emily Hardy and she is a mindset coach for millennial moms. And I know y'all millennials are out there and you're like, oh, maybe I'm a mom. Maybe I'm not a mom. And that's okay because this conversation is still for you whether or not you're a mom because I'm not a mom, but I do know that in the future I want kids and I'm kind of scared. Let's be honest. Like if you're not a mom and you're like kind of young like me, you're kind of scared. You're like, I don't know if this is something for me. I don't really know what the full scope is of being a mom looks like. And girl, I'm with you. So I figured it'd be great to bring on Emily because she is a mindset coach for moms who are just like, you know, us like millennial people. And she can really talk about like what being a mom is like and kind of like what the transition is like. And I feel like that'll just give us a better picture of like what we need to prepare for in the future, you know, whether that be next year or five to 10 years from now, you know, it doesn't really matter. I feel like this is just going to be a beneficial um, episode for everybody to listen to. So Emily, go ahead and introduce yourself really quickly. Tell us about yourself and a little bit about what it's been like being a mom and your story. Yeah, so well, I want to just start by saying that I am so excited to be here and so excited to share my story and just have this conversation with you. So thank you for having me. Um, I am Emily Hardy. I am a mindset and self-love coach for moms, and I am really passionate about helping um, moms really learn to prioritize their own needs and prioritize themselves in order to feel more fulfilled within and beyond motherhood. And a big part of this is doing that without guilt. Um, And so I am really excited to have this conversation and talk about what it means to be a mom and what it doesn't mean and just really break that down and have an open conversation about all the things that motherhood entails and how it's life-changing and still at the same time, like we are, as a mom, I'm a person and it's, 
you know, I'm, I'm me. And so I'm really excited to have this conversation today. Yeah. And we're so happy to have you. And I love how you do talk about identity a lot. And, you know, I feel like a lot of the times I hear moms and they're just like, well, I'm a mom and yeah, you're a mom, but you're also, like you said, a human being (laughs) who has other parts of them, other sides of them. Like you're not just a mom, like you're a whole breadth of other people. So I love how you talk about that in, um, on your Instagram a lot. So we're going to dive into that later on, but I want you to kind of share a little bit about your story. And I know that you had your son, your first son unexpectedly. So tell us how, obviously not the details of how that happened, (laughs) but (laughs) the details of like what the story was like, like what did that look like for you at the time? Where were you and how did you feel? Yeah. So when I was 23, I was in a committed relationship with my now husband. Um, We'd been together for a few years and we were in this transition. He had been military and we lived out of the area and we were moving back to our hometown and I was going to go get my teaching credential and start the steps towards my career that, you know, I, I'd worked my whole life for, um, doing this thing that I was like supposed to do, I guess. I was really growing up kind of a rule follower in a, in the sense of like, you know, I went to school, I worked really hard. I did well in school. I went to college and then there I was going on to get my teaching credential and get my job as a teacher. And I got pregnant and that was totally like, not what I saw coming in my life. Right. And we had, we were really lucky. We were back um, in our hometown. We had really supportive family um, around us. And so it was like, Hey, we're doing this. And we, we did. And I was able to go to school and get my teaching credential and start my career. But I mean, it was a shock and it was pretty terrifying, right? Like it's like, Whoa, I'm getting thrown into this. And it definitely was not, the quote right time. And as I've, you know, I have um, another son now and I'm 27 and time has passed. I'm really like in this role of being a mom, it's my norm, but I'm like, okay, I don't know that they're like, I don't know that I would be ready now. (laughs) I don't, you know, I, what is a right time? And so it's been a really interesting experience for me um, knowing that, well, no, it kind of was the right time for me, even though it, it, it was totally a shock and totally terrifying. <laughs> yeah. I I love how you said that, that you, at the time it didn't feel like the right time, but at the end of the day, it was uh-huh. because it all worked out. Yeah. And it's it's kind of like, wait, yeah, it, would there people. have been a right time? What does that even mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So you said that you were really terrified at the time mm-hmm. in finding this out. For you, what was the most terrifying part of it? Like, was it the fact that you were in the midst of starting your career and you felt like you might not be able to achieve that? Or was there something else going on too? I think a lot of it is that, you know, I had this kind of vision of what my life was going to look like and um, what it was supposed to look like. And it's not like I had the specifics laid out or anything, but I knew what I was supposed to do based on kind of the societal expectations of like how I was raised and how I, how you grow up and you get a job and you get married and then you have kids and that's not what it looked like. And so I think that on top of just the fact of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have this kid and I'm going to have to take care of a kid and financially support a kid and like learn how to be a mom. And I'm still learning how to be a person and take care of myself. Um, I mean, that's a, it's a lot. <laughs> so I think those two things kind of put together. Um, terrifying is really <laughs> a good way to sum it up. <laughs> yeah. And did that feeling of terror yeah. <laughs> ever go away for you? Like, did it pivot at some point? And, and when did that happen? I mean, it never really goes away. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but, you know, in motherhood, there's there's all kinds of like things and all kinds of surprises that come up in situations where I'm like, I don't know how to handle this. Um, but I think when I was able to continue going back to school and like, I had to modify my plan. I had to take a quarter off and um, have my baby <laughs> and things like that. But I think 
as I put one foot in front of the other, you know, and just did it, it was like, okay, I actually can do this. And yeah, it's scary. And it's probably going to continue to be scary because that's kind of life, right? Like things are scary and we still push through and we do new things and we continue on with it and we learn and we grow. I mean, that's really anything in life. Um, So I think just the process of like doing life, it really did ease up on that initial like oh my God, what's happening? (laughs) Yeah. Did you realize that while you were pregnant or did you realize that after you had the baby? I think a little of both. I definitely, the fear kind of subsided while I was pregnant. It was like, hey, this is happening and we like, we can make this work and we can make, like, this is a good thing. Like, this is what I wanted, right? Like, I want to have kids. I want to have a family. And this wasn't the time that I thought it was going to happen, but it's the time it's happening. Um, And then, you know, after my son was born, it was like, okay, there was, you know, it lightened up more because it's like, okay, I'm in this role and it's happening. It's, I've got Mm -hmm. this, I'm doing this. So I think a little of both, Mm -hmm. but I did, I did come Mm -hmm. to a place where I was really accepting of it while I was pregnant, as I was able to like continue on with my life and realize, okay, it doesn't just stop here. It's, it's okay. That's so interesting. And I I love everything that you're sharing because it's it's very much like it is a mindset. And I love how you're comparing it to everything else in life. Like anything else that you do that happens to be hard, you're going to go through a process of fear and needing to overcome that fear and being able to keep on going despite the fear. So I love that you compare it because on this podcast, we talk a lot about fear and like other things that are scary and challenging, but bringing motherhood into the mix is something that terrifies a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I'm one of those people (laughs) in in a lot of ways. So hearing you speak like that and compare it just makes me level set and in my brain of like, okay, like this isn't all that crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, it's a big deal. It's a big commitment, of course. But like, how can you get through it? You just push through like you do everything else. Absolutely. Yeah. And I will say it's not like I was fully aware of all of that as I was going through it. But when I look back, I'm like, no, I did. I I knew that I was going to be okay. Because I had to be Mm -hmm. was one foot in front of the other. And we're going to make this work. Yeah. Did you go through anything like postpartum depression or anything like that? Yeah. So I um, have had anxiety. I was that anxious kid who would get stomach aches with things. I um, had quite a bit of anxiety um, growing up and some depression here and there. It was my first son. My anxiety did increase um, and I did have some postpartum depression as well, but it did not like manifest in the way that I was seeing, you know, that you're taught that it comes about where you're not bonding with your baby. I didn't have those issues. Um, So I actually didn't really address it until my second son was born two and a half years later and it got worse. It compounded. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't go on not dealing with this. Um, And so it was really after my second son was born that I realized that I had been dealing with postpartum anxiety and depression because I really wasn't educated on the the breadth of what that can look like. Cause it can, I mean, it, it doesn't always look like the, I don't want to say stereotypical vision we have of what that looks like, but there's certain things that you're taught when you're going to have a baby about what postpartum depression can look like. And it, that wasn't what happened with me. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting. So what, what are the things that maybe you experienced that you weren't taught that lined up with postpartum depression? Cause I don't know. I feel yeah. like, a lot of people wouldn't know. You didn't even yeah. know. So what were those things? <laughs> I mean, depression. Like it was just like feeling like yeah. I wasn't sure of myself and, you know, what the purpose was of like doing things. That was the thing I would consider a lot. Like what is anyone's yeah. purpose? And it would just, I would feel really depressed about it. Like it never got mm-hmm. really, really mm-hmm. bad, but it was enough where it was like, pretty much daily, especially after my second son was born, I would get pretty like just down and depressed where it was like, this is, I have to deal with this. I can't, I can't keep living with this and living like this. And so Mm -hmm. I was able to, to get the help I needed, but 
it was really interesting. Like, Oh, I'm, I'm bonding with my baby. That's not the issue. I I'm, I'm not having like these major depressive episodes or anything. So I didn't know really to, to connect the two. So that was a really interesting experience and realizing that it had really gone back to like, I had those experiences too with my first son and just didn't really realize Mm -hmm. what was happening. Got it. Yeah. I'm glad that you got the help that you needed and you realized it at a good time because it it can be very serious. Yeah, I'm glad that you're kind of giving us the, the scope of like what that postpartum depression kind of looks like because I didn't know that it was that most people think it's just the bonding with your baby, but it it can be a little bit more than that. So I think that's just like a good like awareness factor for us to know the signs and like know to get help in those times. Cause if we don't know that we need help, we're not going to get it. (laughs) For me, the big thing with that is like, I mean, and this is just with mental health in general. It's like, you don't have to let it get so bad where you absolutely have to have help before you get help, right? Like it's, you want to be proactive with your mental health. And if there's patterns of things that you want to address, address them. Like that's, it's huge, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And that goes with anything. It totally does. Whether you're a mom or not, like (laughs) if you think you need help, like please get it. If there's even like one hint that you're like, oh, maybe I should go to therapy. Yeah, you probably should. Like, <laughs> it can't hurt, right? <laughs> exactly. It really can't hurt at all. It could only help. Yeah. So, yeah. So tell us a little bit more about like what the transition looked like for you going from, you know, ba- basically single in a committed relationship, yeah. you know, just like living your life, like being, being, you know, gung-ho about your career and then like now like plopping into motherhood and like like how quickly did you have to like shift your brain to like be like in mom mode or was there some natural like in some way some natural motherly instincts that came about at some point Mm -hmm. like how did that how did that happen so I will just speak a little bit to the situation I was in going into when we had our first kid. So we had moved back to our hometown. Um, and I think I had graduated college like a year and a half or two years before. So moving back to our hometown, a lot of the people that we knew there, like our friends and people our age weren't there. We had our families around, but it wasn't like we were coming back to, um, this like full social identity, I guess. Um, And so we were in this transition time. And for me, it was like, I didn't really have a grasp on my identity in relation to like the world at that time anyway, just out, you know, not even considering the whole motherhood thing. Um, I was just in this weird transition time and trying to figure out what I wanted. I was, you know, following this career path that I thought I wanted and I was not grounded in who I was. I didn't have like Mm. things that I did for me. I didn't have um, Mm. people that I saw regularly outside of my family just because it wasn't, we were in a transition time. So when Mm -hmm. I had my son, the first few months with any newborn, like even if they're the easiest newborn ever, is like exhausting and a lot. It's like all consuming. And that's just kind of like part of it. I don't think that's any secret. Um, babies are a lot when they're first born and it's, it's just, it's exhausting. And so, you know, you're in that and you're doing it and you, well, I was going to say, you know, it's not going to be forever when you're in it. Sometimes it's like, Oh my God, this is going to be forever, but you, you get past it and you don't really have an option because it's so much. So when I started to come out of that first part of being a mom in those first few months into like where there's some sense of normalcy, I found myself trying to figure out how to get back to myself, trying to, I guess, find myself. And I don't really like using that term because I don't know that that's quite it, but you know, I was trying to figure out like, okay, who am I? I'm now like responsible for a child and this is like my life right now. And I also want to feel like me. And because I wasn't super grounded in who I was, going into that experience, it felt pretty like, 
I was grasping at nothing. I, you know, I was trying to figure out what do I want? What am I interested in? Like what, what is going to make me feel fulfilled because there's something missing and I'm not sure what it is and I'm not sure how to get it. And so I think a lot of what the challenges were in that transition really do go back to before, before I became a mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is there something that you, or maybe a mindset that mm-hmm. you maybe wish that you had before you became a mom that you're like, that you feel like might've helped you going into motherhood? I've since done a lot of work on like understanding what really like fills my cup, what makes me feel good and fulfilled uh, because I've really had to. Um, it's without that, it's I it's hard to like show up in any present way. And so I've done a lot of that work since having kids. Um, And I think doing that work before you have kids, and it's hard because sometimes it's not just like, oh, I'm going to do the work now. You know, there's things that kind of propel us into that. Um, But just kind of having a, a sense of yourself and having a sense of what brings you joy, what gets you out of funks, what fills your cup is really important because when you are in those, those stages where you're like, Hey, I need to get back to myself. I need to figure out like how to ground myself and who I am. If you don't really know who that was to begin with, um, can be really challenging to, to understand, like, am I getting back to someone? Am I just creating something new? Like that can be a whole identity crisis thing. Right. (laughs) Right. How long do you, do you think it took you to find your identity post having a child? You know, I was th- I was actually reflecting on this earlier today. So my son was born in 2018, towards the end of 2018. And the pandemic and like the shutdown and all that stuff happened when he was about 18 months old. So I feel like I, I, I was getting the hang of it, right? Um, I had finished my teaching credential. I got a job. Things were pretty good. And then the world shut down. And I think a lot of people were going through like, oh my goodness, who am I? And what is going on when we didn't have like the security of our normal lives. And we also didn't have like the relational component of our our identity. Like we weren't really able to (laughs) interact with people. And we were fearful and just all those things. And so I really was right there with everyone else, right? In those kind of feelings. And so it wasn't really until my second son was born and I did kind of decide that I needed to kind of work on my mental health, that I was able then to kind of step back and really get in tune with who I wanted to be and what I wanted out of life. And of course, along the way, there were pieces of that. But I think the the pandemic definitely <laughs> happened at an interesting time in my motherhood journey because it just threw a whole other thing <laughs> in the mix. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, do you have any tools or resources that, that you feel like have really helped you? Um, sounds like you've been to therapy before, mm-hmm. so... Um, was there like a certain type of therapy that you were like, oh, this really helped me at this stage or anything else that you feel like really helped you? Yeah, I think, I mean, for me, um, being in a relationship too, um, I went to therapy, but we also went to couples therapy, which was huge because a lot of what I felt, um, especially after my second son was born was like, my needs weren't getting met. And I, I, I have this very clear memory of sitting in our Zoom couples therapy session and um, me trying to just explain, like, my needs aren't being met. My needs aren't being met. I'm, like, losing my cool all the time. I'm, like, miserable and I'm trying to figure out, like, how not to be like this. My needs aren't being met. And I remember the therapist asking, she's like, well, what do you, do you know what you need? What do you need? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I don't know what I need. And I realized, like, I really had to give myself the space and the, like, the quietness to really, like, 
understand like what do I need needs are so complex because there's we have like our basic needs like I always think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs where you have like your basic Mm -hmm. needs and we need safety we need food we need shelter like we need all of those things we need sleep right that's a big one like we need sleep okay so I need to make sure I'm getting enough sleep but there's also like all these other needs that we have if we have our security we have our safety there's other things that we need we need like the connection um we need to like feel fulfilled in our lives and so I really had to give myself and be given the space to understand my needs. And that was challenging. I I remember thinking like, oh my goodness, I haven't been alone in my house for four months since the baby was born. My husband would take our older son and the baby would be napping. So I would be alone, but like there was the baby there. And so just realizing like, I need like full space. I need to be able to just sleep and know that I'm not going to wake up to the baby crying or exist and know that I'm not the one on duty at that moment. And just making, giving myself those times to exist alone and in quiet for the sole purpose of like getting in tune with myself was huge. So what were the questions that you asked yourself in order to come to the conclusion of like oh well this is actually Mm -hmm. what I need is just to be like completely alone like I feel like there are are probably some questions that you asked in order to get there because you didn't really know at first and I feel like a lot of people can be in that position too yeah I think for me a big thing was knowing what was happening when my needs weren't being met so I was um I was, and I still, this is still, like, I can tell when my needs aren't being met. I would fall into what, the term that, like, I see a lot is, like, mom rage. And I didn't know that was a thing. Like, I didn't know that was something people talked about until I actually saw it on social media. I was like, oh, I'm not, like, crazy. This is, like, a thing. But I would, like, I would get so frustrated with my son, who was, when my second son was born, my first son was two and a half. So he was, he's, like, little. And I would get so frustrated and like ragey, like it would push me over the edge and I would feel like horrible. Um, And that to me was like a big sign that like there was a need that wasn't being met. And so through kind of looking at what was setting me off with things like that, my son is really, he really likes like touch. He's really high, like sensory seeking, I guess. Um, And he loves to snuggle. He loves like always being right there. And when I had my second son, you know, I'm nursing the baby, holding the baby while he sleeps, all these things. So I was always being touched and it would really like set me over the edge. I don't really, I didn't want to be touched that much. And so that was a need that I had is like, I needed like physical space and not always, but I needed it at times. I needed to give myself that space. So that was a huge thing is like, what is setting me over the edge Okay, there's a need uh-huh. there. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just, it happens. It's not always something so obvious, right? But there's like, yeah. we can kind of point to like, okay, this is a need not being met. I don't know what the need is, but what's happening when I, you know, whatever the reaction is, when I get really anxious or when I get whatever it is, it's like, okay, there's a need that isn't being met. And I need to figure out what that is so that I can address it. Were there any questions that you asked that were kind of, like more under the surface or because I feel like, yeah, that yeah. one, it's like, oh, like yeah. getting really upset. And so it's like a very forward facing emotion. Totally. But are there other ones that are kind of like under the surface? Yes, absolutely. So another thing that I have found is that I and I've always known this about myself, but it's something that I'm like, OK, this is when this isn't being met, I'm not fulfilled and I can't show up the way that I want to show up. I'm huge on learning. I've always thought of myself as like a lifelong student. I love just personal development. And like, I mean, I, after I got my teaching credential, I went back to get my master's degree. And I was like, after I finished that, I was like, oh, I wonder if I could get my PhD. Like, I just love the learning process. I don't know. It's just, there's something about it. I love like feeling like I'm improving myself through learning. And during the times where I was feeling really like dissatisfied and like I didn't quite know who I was were times where I was kind of stagnant in that. And so I 
love journaling. I need to pick it up again because I haven't been, I haven't, I've been so busy that I haven't been journaling as much as I would like to. But that was a big thing was getting out like how I was feeling and kind of seeing patterns when I was feeling like I was making forward progress in terms of like intellectual growth, I would feel better. And so seeing those patterns and seeing like, okay, that's a need that I have that when it's being met, I feel better. And so just really checking in with like the patterns, right? And asking myself, what are the patterns that I'm seeing when I'm feeling fulfilled and feeling satisfied and happy? And what are the patterns I'm seeing when not so much? (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like that broke it down very simply. I feel like that's a good way for people to kind of gauge whether you're a mom or not. Like if you don't know what you need, like those are just some very good starting points in how to figure that out for yourself. And so thanks for sharing that. I feel like that's super huge. Are you enjoying this episode as much as I am? Girl, I hope so. If you're getting anything positive from this podcast, I would love it if you left a review and shared it with a friend you feel like needs to hear it. I know you hear this a lot, but this is really the only way other people can benefit and grow from this information as well. If you listen to this podcast, I'm assuming you have a desire for the world to be in a better place. And what better way to do that than by spreading awareness of self-development to help each person grow and be better a little more each day. And you might be asking, well, what's in it for you? Well, I'll shout you out on a future episode if you leave a review. Plus, at that point, we're pretty much friends. And the best part, it's completely free. So thank you so much for being a listener of Grow To Be Free. It really means the world to me. And now, back to the episode. I kind of want to pop over to how you're able to do all of this, like in terms of having your needs met as a mom. Like you mentioned some very specific examples of like, hey, I really want to be able to sleep without like the baby waking me Mm -hmm. up. I feel like that's almost inevitable, but I I would love (laughs) to hear from you like how you actually make that happen or like how do you get some of these things done when you literally have a tiny human who needs you? (laughs) Well, okay. I will say First and foremost, that a huge part of it is like giving myself grace with that and knowing that like there's going to be times where the needs aren't being met. And so like having to check in with myself and be like, hey, how can I figure this out? Because it's not like I don't there's people who probably act like they have it figured out and act like all's good. I don't really believe that it's possible to just always have it all figured out because that's just not how it works. Like things are always changing and variable. So I really am like huge on for me and for the moms I work with, just like knowing like, Hey, I'm going to give myself grace with this and not expect that I'm always going to have my needs met. And so I'm not always going to be showing up exactly the way that I want to be showing up. Um, So that's huge. I think that's like number one key is knowing that we're not going to do it perfectly. Asking for help is a huge one. Um, I think that having community, you know, I'm really fortunate to have my family nearby. My parents live close by and are so helpful with the kids. Um, my husband is like, we share responsibility of our kids equally. Um, and that's huge. And setting that as an expectation has been huge for both of us, you know, that like our needs getting met is important. And so asking for help and not being afraid to do that, not feeling ashamed for, you know, texting grandma and being like, hey, I need a break. (laughs) And if she's able to step in and help, then I take it because I need it. Um, So that's big. Not being ashamed of asking for help, knowing that that's something that like we all need help. It's huge. Yeah. Also just the mindset of like, I can't expect to meet my kids' needs if my needs aren't being met. Like, that's not how it works. I mean, I, you know, I can meet their needs in some ways, but it's like, it's that kind of oxygen mask on an airplane idea, that metaphor of like, if I'm not taking care of myself, like I can't show up for my kids the way that I want to. I can't show up with the patience and the presence that I want to. Um, I mean, you think about a basic need like sleep. If you're not sleeping, how are you supposed to like show up and take care of needs when you're like, totally exhausted. So that's an obvious example of it, but it, it really 
is the same for our more underlying needs that we don't necessarily see as more obvious like that. The grace part is really foundational and a lot of people miss that. (laughs) You can't even do some of the other things if you don't recognize like, hey, I'm not going to be perfect all Mm -hmm. the time. It's huge. I mean, that's been a huge part of my experience and just knowing like we, we can't expect to be perfect. And that's something I work on a lot with the moms I work with is like, we get all these messages. I mean, just as women, we get messages of like how we're supposed mm-hmm. to be. And even if we know that that's not possible, it still like affects us and impacts us. And so we have these expectations of ourselves. It's like, yeah, but I can do it all. I can be super mom. I can be this woman who is beautiful and smart and funny and all these things all the time. Like we, you know, we have these expectations of ourselves, and just knowing like, okay, that's, it's just not going to happen. It doesn't happen for anyone. It really is foundational in any part of life. And even asking for help too. Mm-hmm. Like that's also something that we can practice if, if before motherhood, you know, totally. um, <laughs> I, I, as a practical example, I guess, like aside from motherhood, it's like, hey, like say if you really have like these financial goals that you want to achieve and you don't really know how to get there, you know, I think it's very, very humble and very uh, reasonable to hire a financial advisor or, you know, like really ask somebody to help you yeah. or like teach you. I like, in in the way that you you feel like it's going to actually get you to where you need to go but you know how many times do we put that stuff off because we don't want to look we don't want to look dumb mm-hmm. or we don't want to look like we don't know anything or blah 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 but it's like in reality we don't know everything okay like <laughs> ever yeah so we just need to like help ourselves yeah <laughs> i i so agree with that i think it's it's applicable to like every part of being a human it's huge to just Absolutely. to know that. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you're not a mom, like, yeah. girl, you could start early and practice. You can practice now. Like, I'm not saying it's going to be easy later down the road, but I don't know. Maybe it'll be easier. I mean, you know, you build those connections. You know who you can rely on. You don't necessarily learn how to ask for help. We learn how to, like, carry it all. Yeah. It's it's. I feel like it's in our nature partly, but mm-hmm. you're also right that the – that society kind of puts that on to us or glamorizes it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I also want to talk about how you were a career woman at the, you know, before you had your son Mm -hmm. and you were like all gung-ho and and it's amazing that you still finished your teaching credential after you became a mom. Like that's incredible. And like, like, I commend you. I'm sure we're all commending you right now because a lot of people do give up their dreams. Mm after becoming a mom. And I can't tell you how many moms that I've heard just kind of say like, yeah, I really liked to do this before. But, you know, since I had so-and-so, like, it's just different now. And I don't think I'll ever do that again. And, you know, all these things. And like, it kind of breaks my heart. But like, I can't really say anything because I'm not a mom. So I don't really know what it's like. So so for you, like, like, how do you feel like women can continue to pursue their dreams after they have kids? And you know, are there certain systems that need to be put in place for women to feel like this is a reasonable thing to accomplish? Okay. Well, I just want to say that in my experience, and I think this is huge for anyone who like has those fears of becoming a mom that you've kind of referred to, where it's like, can I continue doing what I want to do? For me personally, I honestly never had these big goals and dreams growing up. I didn't really know what I wanted to be. I knew I wanted to have a family, but I I didn't know. And I wanted a stable career, but I didn't know what that looked like. I never felt like I could reach for more. I just didn't really know how. Um, And since having kids, I first of all was able to finish not only getting my teaching credential, but go back and get my master's degree um, and have a career and you know, I'm, I'm a teacher and, you know, that's all great, but I also have developed dreams. Like I, for the first time in my life have let myself dream big. And 
I think a lot of that is kind of that, okay, I have a need. I need something more. I need to feel like I'm pushing the boundaries and I'm doing things. And so I have like, I have all these dreams now. Um, you know, I started my coaching business and I, I want to help other moms feel fulfilled and feel like they are supported in being themselves and supported in doing life without guilt, without that mom guilt, that feeling like I'm doing something wrong because I'm not showing up exactly the way I thought I was supposed to. I just want to say that first and foremost, like being a mom doesn't have to halt dreams or dreaming. Like you can dream as big as you want with or without kids. It's not something that has to be the determining factor in doing that. And it actually can give you like a stronger sense of purpose or like need to dream big. Um, For me, like being a stay-at-home mom and, and having that be kind of like where my energy is all the time, that's just not fulfilling to me. Um, there's other things that I want, other things that I need. And there's been times where people have said things that like maybe that's they don't really understand that. But I really am I stand pretty strongly in the fact that like that it doesn't really matter what they think because like I know that if I were to take on that role, I wouldn't be the best mom for my kids. I, it just doesn't, my needs aren't being met. And so I'm not showing up the way that I want to be. So I think that's huge. Um, as far as kind of how people can, I guess, like set themselves up for if they want to have kids and still pursue their dreams, I think just being grounded in the knowing that people do all kinds of things with kids. Um, I think about like traveling, say you want to travel the world. Personally, for me, like traveling the world with my two sons, we do travel. Don't get me wrong. We do travel and it's super fun. Um, But like packing up and not having a home base and going and traveling the world with, with them. And I don't know, doing that lifestyle sounds, it would be totally not my cup of tea, but (laughs) There are plenty of moms out there who do that and love it. And so regardless of what it is that you want in life, if it's something that you want and you also want kids and that fits together, then you can do it. It's, you know, all these things, there's options out there and there's people who do it. It's just about knowing what you want and being grounded. Yeah, I think that's huge because I feel like a lot of people, they'll know like, okay, well, I really wanted to mm-hmm. do this or I really want to do that. And they just don't really, they either one, don't think mm-hmm. it's possible or two, they just haven't decided to continue pursuing it because they know that it's going to be harder or they think that it's going to be harder. And a lot of the times it is. And, you know, yeah. and I think you like, if that's you, sometimes you just need to weigh out the pros and the cons and weigh out like what's most important to you. It comes down to your values and yeah. what you value. Like, like I loved how you tied it back into your needs and how you actually need to have your dream uh-huh. and you need to be pursuing your dream. Like that's huge. Making that connection of like, hey, like a dream isn't just like some thing that you think about randomly during the day it's like actually something that's like deep inside of you that's like pulling you towards it and if you're not actually working towards it it causes a lot of unhappiness Mm and and you know a cognitive dissonance that creates mental health issues that are very hard to overcome (laughs) (laughs) and yeah you you just really hit the nail on the head right there and I love how you gave that perspective because you're so right. Like our dreams, our needs. Yeah. They, I mean, it, it, they are. And it's, I think that part of my journey in motherhood is like, and in trying to make sure my needs are being met as a mom is realizing like, oh, I do need to be like pushing myself outside of what I thought I was supposed to do from, from all these things that, you know, contribute to me thinking there's like a way that I'm supposed to do life. It's like, oh no, there's like, I need to push myself. I need to really like do the things that bring me joy and bring me excitement and passion and happiness. Yeah. And it really comes down to self-awareness yeah. and like you, you had to have built self-awareness yes. to realize, Hey, this, this is the thing that makes me happy. This is the thing that makes me unhappy. Yeah. And 
what do we do when we recognize that? We fix it, yeah. you know, and you just figure out ways to fix it. So I love that. I just, I feel like you really brought everything full circle. I feel like I understand now, like, what it's like to be a mom better than I did before. And like, you've actually provided some very practical solutions and ways in which that we can kind of tackle these problems that are very common um, with mo- with motherhood. Yeah. And I'm very excited because a lot of the things that you said are things that we can practice in singleness Absolutely. and in before becoming a mom. I feel like this is, I feel like, oh, wow, I could do motherhood now. <laughs> Maybe not, but, <laughs> but um, you know, I just feel like I understand yeah. it a little bit better. So Emily, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Is there anything, any final pieces of advice, any pi- final pieces, like nuggets that you want to give the audience, um, things that can help a young woman who's either single or in a relationship without kids at this stage in life? Yeah, I think just knowing that it's your life and you get to do it however you want. And so if you want to have kids and you want to be working and you want to travel the world and all these things, awesome, do it. It doesn't have to look a certain way. If you don't want to have kids and you maybe feel guilty about that because you've been, you know, conditioned, I guess, to believe that like that's what you're supposed to do. You don't have to do that. It's your life. And so I think just knowing that and knowing that like we have the power to build the life that we want to build. And um, it's not always, I mean, you can't have it all. You can't, you know, you have to kind of make decisions on what you want your life to look like. Um, But they're your decisions. And that's really exciting. And I think we can apply that to so many things, but we can really, when it comes to motherhood, I mean, that's a huge, it's a huge thing, right? And so it's important to keep that in mind that it's your choice and it gets to look the way you want it to look. Yeah, I love that. Oh, we always hear this as single women, but it's like, it's nice, like knowing that like in motherhood, it could be the same thing. It doesn't have to stop. It can get better. You can, you can learn and you can grow and all of those things. I mean, I'm proof of that. yes and that's why we have you here and that's why you're talking to us like I'm so thankful to have you so um Emily I know you have a one-on-one coaching program that is specifically for moms so if you are a mom definitely listen up tell us a little bit about that so I um, recently launched my one-to-one coaching program it's called shine beyond motherhood it's really focused on helping moms really, I mean, with all of the things that we talked about today, really making sure that they are checking in with themselves and setting boundaries that are allowing them to live the lives they want to live and holding those boundaries and doing life in a way that is fulfilling to them within motherhood and also beyond motherhood. Like it's, we have to look at all of it because yes, moms have this really important role. It's huge but it's also not the whole story. And so I really support moms within my program. It's an eight-week program. Um, We go through and just work on a lot of the mindset things that come up with moms and kind of some of the mom guilt things that, I mean, we all hear messages of what moms are supposed to do, what they're supposed to look like, how they're supposed to act. And we challenge a lot of that within the program. So it's a really exciting program. Um, It's it's a great place for moms to get support. Um, and it's great for people who aren't moms, but maybe considering being moms to know that like there are supports out there. There are communities, there are coaches, there are therapists, there are, there's so many people that can help support you. And I think that's a really important thing for anyone to know going into the process of becoming a mom, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I feel like the direction in which you're handling it as well, talking about the mindset is super useful because I feel like we can learn the 10 steps to Mm -hmm. become a better mom or whatever. Or like you said, people promote certain messages that aren't the most healthy in the long Mm -hmm. run for us as human beings and not 
looking holistically at the full picture and only looking at motherhood. But I love the way that you're approaching it and looking at the mindset and the whole person and like that approach is amazing. I, I personally haven't heard of that before. So y'all check out Emily, hit her up on Instagram. Emily, give us, give us your Instagram and all of your social media so we can know where to find you. So I am on Instagram at um, uh, honestly, Emily Rose. So I show up honestly on there. Um, that's what you'll see. I talk really candidly about motherhood and what it means to be a mom and just a lot of the messages we get and how we can push back on those messages and show up the way we want to show up in motherhood. So it's at honestly Emily Rose. Woo! And guys, you won't be disappointed if you follow her because her feed is super beautiful <laughs> and cute and aesthetic. And <laughs> you you won't be disappointed. So, um, and honestly, Emily, honestly, Emily <laughs> is very authentic too and honest. So <laughs> it matches. It's the whole brand. <laughs> it is. Um, anyway, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I'll link everything in the show notes so you guys can find her and just click the link, hit follow, and um, check her out. But Emily, at the end of my podcast, I love to pray for my guests because I'm a person of faith. Would you be open to me praying for you? That sounds wonderful. Awesome. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for Emily and bringing her here. Uh, It's just so refreshing to hear somebody's perspective on motherhood and and how you've created it to really be because, you know, motherhood is just a component of our lives. You've made us into whole person that has way more facets of life and way more um, interesting things about us that, you know, don't necessarily surpass motherhood, but make us our, our, our beautiful selves that we need to still be after we have children. So God, thank you so much for Emily and bringing her here to talk about that in such an eloquent and um, authentic way. I pray for just a complete blessing upon her coaching program. Lord, let it take off. Send her the right people who are going to take away so many um, practical ways in which they can improve their lives and and uh, let them go with uh, with a like five-star reviews. And I see Emily getting like so many reviews from this and her business just taking off and, and, and bless her work as a teacher. And of course her family and her, her marriage, Lord God, I pray for a complete blessing and abundance in that in Jesus name. Amen. That was beautiful.